Welcome everyone, this is All About Windows Phone, Insight Podcast 191, recording this on Wednesday the 31st of August 2016. It's late in the day and Rafe and I are both a bit tired, but uh, we wanted to get this out because we've got some new hardware to talk about. So hi Rafe. Hello everybody, yes absolutely, I think we'll manage to be energetic because as uh, Steve alluded to there, this is the podcast where we can talk about the fact that Steve has had hands on with the HP Elite X3, which I know a lot of you have been looking forward to hearing about. Indeed, I've been looking forward to hearing about. I think it's probably fair to say it's a bit mixed uh, news, but we're going to be talking through some of the content. Uh, Steve, no doubt, will be offering up some extra opinions, and we may even find some time to talk about some of the other topics that have been uh, making the headlines this week. And I'm sure we'll have our usual divergences into related topics. Uh, just to let you know ahead of time, uh, next week, we're going to be having a guest on the podcast. Maybe I'll uh, let Steve reveal that later on, something you can look forward to. But this time around, it's Steve and I talking all about the latest goings on in the uh, Windows Phone or Windows for Phone or Windows 10 mobile world. That's starting to get a bit cumbersome, Rafe. We're going to have to simplify it. <laughs> we are indeed. Yeah, window all about Windows for phones. That's who we are these days. There we are. <laughs> anyway, um, yes, the uh, HP Elite X3. Uh, we have uh, very kindly been loaned one for a few weeks by the kind folks at Clove, clove.co.uk. I never tire of giving their URL out because they're just so helpful to us. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's heavy, it's large, and it's a, but it it gives off an aura of being a serious tool, Rafe. Um, I'm not quite sure where to start because there's so much I could talk about. But uh, you've presumably read my my initial verdict. So do you want to give me your reaction and then just sort of ask me questions? Well, I, I wanted to start off by asking you what I mean. The the last time we both had a had a chance to have a hands on with this device uh, a few months ago, I wanted to kind of get your impression of just the kind of the feel in the hand, the hardware, that kind of immediate reaction now that you've you know had it for a little bit longer and in you know kind of the, the home environment and the work environment where you're able to kind of put it through its paces so just before we get on to features and kind of performance and all of that just that all important you know how does it feel as a as a piece of hardware is it something that you think is attractive you know you you've kind of alluded to it there but i'm going to get you to pin you down a little more yeah well if you people think back to the lumia 950 950 xl the an overwhelming reaction, ignore the really high specs inside, the overwhelming re reaction was it's it's kind of cheap plastic and it's a bit flimsy. And they're kind of right that they were, I think Nokia, or something, the ex-Nokia engineers at Microsoft were basically just de designing down to a, a weight. Uh, and as such, the, the pr plastic use was quite flimsy in places, hence the Mozo replacement backs, for example, which were bigger and heavier and thicker. Uh, made a big difference. The HP Elite X3 feels from day one like a serious tool. I I'd even go so far as to say that you probably don't even need to keep it in a case. The, I mean, the front is Gorilla Glass wow. 3 or 4. Either way, it's pretty tough. It's not the scratched, scratchable Gorilla Glass 5 that we've been reading about in the news. The back is is tough plastic. It feels... As we heard the, the the blurb in the initial hands-on rave that it was mill spec in terms of shock resistance, and I'm not at all surprised. This is this is um, polycarbonate of the order of the Lumia 1520 um, and the 920 before it. So this is this is a serious piece of kit. It, it feels tough. It's not really 
twistable you can it feels like if i were to drop it on concrete not that i would clove um, if you're listening if i were to drop this on concrete it stands a pretty good chance of surviving unless you happen to catch the front of the screen on a sharp protrusion so it feels very much like a serious serious tool which indeed it is it's aimed at businesses and enterprises if the internals and the software and the optimizations if they're all up to spec and if the components are up to spec this it really would be the ultimate Windows Phone, Windows 10 mobile device, and I'll be very happy to use it day to day. But as you probably guessed, there are a few caveats. So, do you want to which which yeah, area do you want to so, tackle first? So, so I guess we'll get into that uh, in a minute because I think the kind of overall, uh, if you like, build and the design is is definitely one of the high points. And I, I don't think we can help but compare this with the Lumia 950 and 950 XL family, and it's clearly a win for the X3 here. But I did just want to touch on on size. I mean, you did talk about this in the article, but this, I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that this is a large screen device. So if you're looking for something that's one-handed, this this isn't the device for you, is it? Well, no, not really. You do have to use two hands to do most functions, as indeed you do with most modern phablets. The Lumia 950 XL, I've got a ne- Motorola Nexus 6 here. There's the 6P. Uh, many, many current phones, even even mid-tier phones now, are coming with five-and-a-half-inch screens. So we're talking about that the, most of the world is kind of migrating away from one-hand smartphone use as we used to know it back in the, the decade ago. And we're now going to a world where people want to see more of web pages, more of media, more of their photos and they're prepared to accept the fact okay we're going to hold the phone in one hand and we'll operate it with the fingers of another hand that's become acceptable use so i don't think you can really complain about this um needing two hands rafe i think it it feels eminently comfortable in the hand within that constraint of it's a large phone you can do a lot on it i don't think i can complain about the form factor at all yeah okay well i think that's fair enough i think it's just uh mark up the fact that you know this is 5.96 inches so you know, even compared to the 950 xl it's it's a big screen and for those who are more used to the 950 or i guess you know the equivalent in the iphone will be the iphone 6 rather than the, the 6 plus you know, that's something to consider but i think there are some bigger considerations that we need to talk about and uh, we always like talking about kind of camera and imaging on this podcast and it definitely appears to be one of the low lights from what we've seen of the X3 so far. So, I mean, first let's talk about the the specification, uh, which is a bit disappointing compared to what was on the sheet and then maybe the, the performance itself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, a Snapdragon 820 and 4 gig of RAM, although I noticed that um, people have been digging into the internals and noticed that uh, Windows 10 Mobile only currently uses 3.5 gig of RAM. In other words, architecturally, there are limits. Uh, I'm not quite sure whether these can be gotten around in software. I, I would presume they can. Please, someone who's really technical in our commenters, pipe up here. Um, so, he's, But 3.5 gig of RAM in a Windows 10 mobile device is probably ample. The 950XL runs Continuum pretty well, I've noted. And, and Continuum is probably the only reason that you'd really want uh, more RAM in one of these devices. I, I am a bit disappointed by the, the speed of the interface. Now, the, the 950XL is pretty much instant when you response when you swipe your finger across the screen or up or down things happen instantly when you go into a settings panel on the 950xl things happen instantly on the <laughs> elite x3 not quite so much quite often there's half a second half a second delay or lag before something happens there are clearly things that are not quite right under the scenes do you remember rafe the very first uh, windows phone 8 device 8.1 devices from manufacturers like is it is it yes and yes making yeah. the yes belly range and and i commented at the time that 
in theory, these devices should have been fine with the specification, but they would just seem horribly, horribly unoptimized, as if they, the manufacturers had just checked the software on, chucked the operating system on without a care in the world and not checked it. And it's kind of the same here. Um, HP have clearly just taken a very, very stock build of Windows 10 Mobile Threshold, as it was back in, I don't know, I'm tempted to say December. I know the, ver- the the build numbers and the version numbers belie that fact, but that's what it feels like. It feels like the 950 on day one. And clearly, there's a lot of work to do in terms of optimizing uh, Windows 10 Mobile for this Snapdragon 820 chipset and for this particular device with its particular audio and camera drivers and so forth. Um, we have heard rumors. We've heard um, news on the grapevine that a... A, a firmware update is uh, upcoming, which will be great because that will sort out the camera problems, of which, more more of which in a moment. But also, we've been given details from HP itself that on September the 13th or thereabouts, there will be the anniversary update hitting. So basically, the code base, the, the, the build of Windows 10 Mobile will then be more or less bang up to date. And one would hope that the intervening weeks... Um, have given the engineers at HP enough time to pull a few of the strands together and the the, the physical uh, build that rolls out will actually be one that's customised and optimised and basically works better on this device. So my initial reactions are this is almost unreviewable as it is at the moment. But I wanted to, one thing I want to emphasise is something that I've been saying in the, in the articles and I don't think people have really heard yet um, or taken on board is the fact that because this is aimed at businesses and enterprise mainly, um, we're not talking of a timescale of, you know, your typical consumer smartphone gets launched. Excuse me, Rafe's munching there. <laughs> He's obviously hungry after a day at work. Um, a typical consumer device gets launched, made available, people snap it up, and within two months, three months or so, that the hype's dying down, it's not selling quite so much. It's a very, very short burn for you for the consumer hardware. Here we're talking about a device which has been sold part, as part of a solution with desktop and maybe a laptop. We're coming in a couple of months and all sorts of other health and business and um, productivity accessories, all of these things. And they will be sold by HP solutions to companies over months, if not years. We're talking of a, a life cycle here of about, I'm guessing, between six months and two years. And that's that's very, very different to the consumer marketplace, right? So I'm, I would tempt to say that I'm going to com- completely give the X3 some slack. I'm going to re-review it and review it properly once it's got the anniversary update, firmware updates under its belt, even if it means waiting two months so that the laptop is available as well. And then I really can review it in what should be a final product form with all the accessories it needs. At the moment, it's very much incomplete software and hardware because we haven't got all the, haven't got the laptop. Um, so I'm promising, but an awful lot of work to do HP. Yeah, I, th- I think it's an interesting one. I mean, it's very easy to say that's a bit of a cop-out on the uh, review front, and I'm not sure I'd be quite <laughs> so willing to give it a, a pass like that because it is for sale that it is on the market. Uh, but it's definitely true to say that it's going to have a a different product life cycle than something like a consumer device with a big bang at, at launch time. Um, I think this does really emphasize the importance of something we've talked about a lot in the past, the integration of hardware and software. And it's not quite as simple as just installing the OS and hoping everything will work. There's a lot of tuning that goes on to make sure the particular hardware combination, um, all those variables does actually get sorted out. And it's one of the things you always noted about 
the kind of the Lumia devices when you saw them at launch time, which was typically at least a month or two before they became available in the shops. You know, they always talked about it's running prototype software, you know, there's stuff in the background, et cetera, et cetera. It feels like the X3 is kind of at that point now, and yet it's actually gone on sale and become available. So there's a big if here, you know, a big assumption that HP are going to sort out some of these problems. And I do wonder whether the timing of the anniversary update is such that uh, they're actually working on that version of it and they kind of had a release ready to go and then have you know, put more emphasis maybe on the that first update again that may be being a bit too kind and it is a bit of a cause for concern because we have seen this as, as steve alluded to or mentioned with other windows phone manufacturers in the past it wasn't just years but it was actually a lot of them um and which is why we always said actually don't get one of the third party ones go for the nokia or microsoft devices because you just get a, a more reliable experience and i think we have to be careful about giving the X3 too much of a pass because it's got interesting specifications and good build and design. You know, the most important thing is actually getting that software uh, stable and performant. But at the same time, I think you're right, Steve, we probably have to uh, give it a little bit of uh, of time, especially because the full experience of this is actually going to be complete with those accessories that you talk about, particularly as we've kind of marked out before the lap dock. Uh, that said, it's probably worth talking about a couple of the experience areas. And I mentioned uh, the camera and imaging earlier. This is arguably one of the most disappointing at the moment, would you say? Yes and no. Now, <laughs> hear me out, hear me out here. No, in the sense that the physical camera component used here by HP is not that special. It had basically taken the camera component from a typical £150 low to mid-tier Android phone. It's that kind of level of performance. There's no OIS. The sensor's not particularly large. The aperture's not the, the largest. The the quality of the optics is certainly not very high. The image processing seems to not be very good at all. So but witness the fact that my flash test, you basically get a sheet of white and you can't see the subject at all. That's just clearly a sign that nobody's taken any care whatsoever with the image processing. So it's not surprising that the results weren't fantastic given the fact they used quite a low-grade camera. Um, it is surprising that to find such a low-grade camera on such an expensive device. Um, the only possible get-out I can find for HP here is that the t- target market, so we're do- looking at, first of all, I guess, mobile professionals, um, middle managers, uh, people out in the field gathering data, that, hence the pogo pins on the back and plugging in all sorts of accessories. You can think of lots of work-related uses where... You might need a camera to snap a you know a shot of some weather conditions or a, a shot of a, a a car you were plugging into or some sort of product somewhere. You wouldn't actually expect to sort of pixel peep and get perfect pure view purity of of, of flowers and dogs and whatever else you wanted to shoot. So. I think HP have taken the decision to basically put in a low-end camera module simply because they don't need anything more. To me, that seems like a cop-out because if you're spending over £600, then why the heck not? Didn't they just put an extra $10 into the bill of materials and put in a, a better camera? But I, I can see their point, and I, I really am split on it, Rafe. All I can say is that, uh, as is with my initial verdict article, it's yes, I'm copying out in the sense that I'm saying I'm going to re-review it in a few months' time. But in the meantime, I am reviewing it. I'm saying my initial verdict is do not buy it because it's not ready yet. And I think that kind of stands alone, especially for people coming from the Lumia line who might be considering this as perhaps an upgrade, their 950XL. I mean, why not? Yeah. Some of the components are better, and yet the camera is immeasurably worse. And I think that's probably the deal breaker. Yeah, and I think I think the big thing here is a lot of uh, people will be used to the fine cameras that you get on the Lumia devices. 
and therefore this seems extra disappointing. But actually, this is probably fairly run of the mill for you know your box standard Android phone, particularly if I can use the sort of not from one of the the big consumer manufacturers. Um, but it feels like a bigger disappointment because we're used to things so much better on the Lumia devices. And I think also the way some of the specification was talked about, I mean, it, it, it wasn't immediately clear to us when we had an opportunity to get hands on that it was one of these middle of the road sensors. And obviously that's, that's come out now being able to test it and there is room for improvement, but you're, you're also right to say, I wonder whether actually putting in a better higher spec component really would have been worth it given there's been little or no attention paid to the image processing and as we've remarked a lot you actually need both of those in order to get a good imaging experience and so in one sense you know i think it does reflect as you say the enterprise credentials of this device and one thing i did want to get you to talk about though was the the audio given that it does that does have the bno branding on it and it was sort of held up as you know being one of the high points of the device now to be fair this is partly because it's a generic partnership that hp has and in the in the past they've had a partnership with beats um now obviously they've gone with bno um What's the audio like on this? I mean, actually, it's an area where, at least in loudspeaker terms, the, the Lumias have maybe been a bit disappointing in, in recent times, although over headphones, the quality's been, been pretty decent. What, what's the story on the Elite X3? I haven't done detailed headphone testing yet. I think that's probably still to come. Um, I'm not convinced that H- uh, HB have finished, let's say, fixing the finalizing the firmware and of course for the firmware the low level code sits underneath the operating system is what talks to the audio chipsets and what talks yep. to the camera so all of these subsystems hopefully will improve the the physical quality and the volume out of the front speakers i think that probably is fixed in stone because it's physically limited by those you know the the components and the the audio space around around the components i have to say if bno were involved in the device it's to do with the internal chipsets it, uh, you know the 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 DAC, the digital to analog conversion, is nothing whatsoever to do with the physical components. These certainly aren't aren't BNO speaker components transplanted from a home hi-fi into a phone. These are just bog standard phone quality, typical phone quality speakers. One at either end, configured in a stereo formation. They're they're pretty loud. They're also fairly tinny and harsh. Nothing special whatsoever. I did do a, a video comparison between this and several other devices. Right, but I wondered whether you've had ch- a chance to watch that. I, ha- I haven't gone through the video yet, so I'm hoping you'll give me a kind of sneak preview of the verdict. <laughs> okay, well, I, I played the same piece of music, uh, basically, uh, from in video form on the Elite X3 and the 950XL, which was tinnier and quieter. 950XL speaker isn't particularly impressive, as people know. Um, I also then compared it with uh, the Lumia 1020 from a few years back as, as a typical Lumia mono speaker of you know decent quality, decent volume. And I would say the 1020 also gets that bested if you like by the elite x3 so so far the elite x3 is in the lead um, however i then compared it to the nexus 6 which is about a two-year-old um, android phone and pretty typical of the breed motorola have made a number of android smartphones now all price points with the dual front-facing stereo speakers the bottom end well i think was the moto g second edition which had the, amazing to have that those stereo really f- relatively high quality speakers in a device that was only about 130 pounds but uh, uh i would say that the, the Nexus 6 in my video, I would say the quality was better, the fidelity was better than the X3. Um, and then, of course, I went to my favourite, the Marshall London, with its, which is an audio specialist device with amazing speakers for a, t- a tiny phone. And, of course, it blows all the rest away. But like, So that's the Rolls-Royce of, of, the, of the, this particular test. 
I have to say the X3 speakers didn't massively disappoint me, but I would have liked for better. The, seeing that B&O logo on the bottom right makes me think they've done, they must have done something special. B&O must have signed off on this. They must have tuned the speakers, tuned the DAC, tuned everything to have the best possible frequency uh, reproduction um, for all for, for music, for podcasts, for, for speakerphone. It works. All I can tell at the moment is that it's tuned for voice frequencies. In other words, it's tuned for speakerphones, sat-nav, which is probably fair enough. Again, I, I, I keep seem to be making a, a apologetic noises for <laughs> HB here, but let's assume that this is a work device, a productivity device. How are you going to use audio in a typical office environment? And I'm, I need you to think about it at your workplace, Rafe. Surely that the number one use by a million miles will be for t- t- taking a call and then transferring that call to the speaker using a speakerphone. And in that context, two loud you know, optimized for voice frequencies, stereo speakers, which are, which appear very harsh and tinny for music, rock music, as I was testing. And actually, in fact, it's very loud and very clear for a speakerphone use in an office. So again, we come back to exactly the same syndrome for somebody who's looking for an upgrade from their Lumia 950XL, who was perhaps frustrated by the rather tinny, harsh speaker from that in mono, they will get stereo and they'll get better fidelity on the X3. But still nowhere near you'd ex- the, the quality mm. you'd expect for a 600, 700 pound phone. And again, it's HP choosing specific components for their use case. Um, and the bottom line for all of this is going to come down at the end of our conversation, Rafe, to think, well, how much would I pay for this? And I have to say, at the moment, I wouldn't pay whatever it com- currently works out to, 700 pounds, including the desktop. I think that's too expensive. But then I'm not a business. I'm just a, a consumer and seeing things with a consumer point of view. Yeah, and I think that's actually a really important point to get across. Whenever we talk about, you know, phone recommendations or what you should buy, it's helpful to think about it in terms of almost an equation. There's all sorts of competing variables and the sort of relative importance of those needs to be kind of cross-referenced with what you actually want to do and what your expectations are. And I think it's very fair to say that the HBL X3 is obviously aimed at the enterprise market. And so reviewing it with a consumer hat on is almost, you know, tying one hand behind its back and giving it uh, a bit of a disadvantage. And obviously, um, we want to talk about it from a consumer point of view, because that's where a lot of our audience is coming from. But I think that's why it's right to insert these sort of not caveats, but these notations that actually it's it's good for the enterprise use case. And you're absolutely right about you know, in the office, you you want it to be good for calling on a speakerphone, and, and largely that's about uh, getting as much volume as possible, and obviously then being able to have the microphone no echo and back and forth and things like that. You know, the music use case is this. I mean, for me, when I'm buying a phone, I don't actually really care much about the the loudspeakers because I don't ever use it for listening to music or entertainment. Um, maybe the the short video clips. And then some, some some conference calling, but it's not important. And so, in my personal equation, you know that that doesn't come to much. The camera, um, I, I suspect, like a lot of people listening to this, it's a, a more important thing. Um, but actually, I think you have to look at some of the X3's other high points to really identify where that that comes to the fore. We'll, we'll do that in a minute. Um, but just you know, you were talking about the sort of improvements to come in anniversary edition i think a good example of that is in the the biometrics where um at the moment you've just got the iris scanner working the fingerprint reader won't actually work until you've got um 
you know, the anniversary update, that sort of new version of uh, Windows 10 mobile. And again, you know, that may change things a little bit and actually being able to unlock the phone faster than you typically can with an iris scanner will be a good thing. But let's try and check off a few of the sort of the higher points. Um, maybe if we start with kind of the, the durability, I mean, this is actually notable as being, I think I'm right in saying the first Windows 10 mobile device that's actually kind of dustproof and waterproof. I certainly can't remember another. <laughs> I realise now that Rafe, that Windows Phone world has been going now for five years, so it's possible our memories are failing us. But certainly, this is the most rugged, the most waterproof, the the most dustproof uh, Windows Phone I've ever have ever used. It's really quite impressive. Um, as I say, I at the start, I could use it, and I could imagine myself using this without a case at all. And the very few other phones come into that category. And it, it really is something which is grippy all over, and the plastic used here is matte rather than gloss. Um, so it really is quite grippy in the hand. And you get the f- impression that even if it were to crash to the ground, um, that the very worst, you might get a few marks on the plastic. You certainly wouldn't get a, a, anything particularly unsightly. Um, the, the most vulnerable part, apart from the screen, is probably the sil- the, sh- the shiny um, silvered, a chrome effect plastic at the bottom. Because I, I can imagine that if that was, if that has just been painted on over the darker plastic, that might start ch- chipping through and showing the black plastic underneath. But it wouldn't alter the functionality. Uh, again, I, I would be very happy using this without a case, and I don't say that very often. Yeah, the, one of the other high points I wanted to mention in passing was uh, the fact it's a continuum-ready device. But I want to delay so getting your opinion on that or talking about it too much because I do think it needs kind of the laptop to give that a full assessment. I mean, other than that, I noticed from your kind of uh, early verdict that you're essentially saying that the desktop bundle, you know, gives a, a very good alternative to the uh, Microsoft Display Dock. So yeah. you know, good news there. Other high points certainly would be the the charging you've got the flexibility of the the chi charging usb type c but also you've got the other wireless charging standard pma you've also got a pretty decently sized battery and i think this is a good example of one of the things where that's something that the enterprise users probably will be demanding it's more of a mobile device you're going to be using it more away from uh, your desktop arguably you know it's definitely mobile salesforce type tool and so having a, a battery that's uh, essentially got um you know an extra 800 or so uh, milliamp hours in it is a, a, a good thing um, over something like the Lumia 950 XL, which was already pretty good on battery life. Uh, I was just wondering whether you felt there were any other positives that you'd talk about right now, um, apart from, of course, the durability and some of the that uh, battery and charging, some things I've just been mentioning. Well, I, what I would would like to do is give a, a summary with a different a slant on things uh, in a positive vein. So, <laughs> okay. for, for example, let's assume that it's now October 2016. We're going to jump ahead to, to two and a half, three months. Let's assume it's got the anniversary update on, on and it's had a firmware update and the camera results are much better and more consistent. It's still not up with the 950XL, but it's a, patently good enough for most people. Let's assume that it's nice and fast and, and stable and the lag is gone because they've put the work in, which is all these are all things which are eminently probable um, and, and probably will happen. HP is a big company and they have got lots of resources. So then you'd end up with a device that is almost a perfect size, if you like, large screen phones with good enough components. The, the speakers are better than anything in the, the Lumia range. You've got a bigger battery and longer battery life, uh, even though it's got a faster chipset that's 4,000 something, 4,150 milliamp hours. Um, it's been terrific battery life for my Tesla. I charged it once in four or five days. 
um, which is insane, really. And I've been using it fairly intensively, doing all sorts of tests. So battery life so far is very impressive. As you say, the, the, the flexibility of the fast charging at three amps, um, the, the, what's called the, the standard power delivery for um, for USB 3.1 um, and USB Type-C. You've got the, the Qi and the PMA charging. You've got... Uh, the, the desktop is interesting. It's, it's worth mentioning that the reason I think it's uh, better than Microsoft Display Dock is that this this actually docks it in the traditional sense of a dock. It props it up on your desk, facing the, the right way and facing towards you. So with the Microsoft solution, you plug in. You, not, not only have you got an extra cable from the dock to your phone, the phone that just phone that just lies limply on the desk. You have to keep picking it up or propping it up to see what's on the screen. This is a much better solution. You just pop the phone in the dock. It's docked one less cable, and the dock then provides everything else back to the monitor. So I think that's a much neater solution. And it's also just as well made as the Microsoft solution. It's heavy uh, and well built. Um, the, the lap dock will be a big unique selling point and, of course, optimised for this particular device, even though I suspect the lap dock will work just as well with the Lumia 950XL. But at least we know that HP have this device in mind. The, the durability, I mean, the waterproofing, the dustproofing, the shockproofing, it's not just splash resistant, water resistant. This, this is full military specification. You, you know, you can chuck this in the river in your local pond down in Sussex, Rafe, and, <laughs> and come back uh, 30 minutes later and pull it out and it'll be absolutely fine. It won't, you wouldn't even have turned off. Um, this, this is again, this is com- completely new in my experience for the Windows Phone, Windows 10 mobile field. So if you add all of this up, I mean, the fingerprint scanner, again, instant on and instant authentication. There are so many positives to this device, and yet so much of it is unfinished. And that's that's my core frustration. So with that slant on that it's now October 2016, and we've jumped ahead and all the software issues are fixed, this is going to be a terrific device. And... As long as you're not after pixel-perfect photographs, this is a step up from the 950XL. It just needs a lot of work and at Microsoft's le- level by HP. In other words, by some detailed, low-level firmware fix-ups. And it remains to be seen if HP have got that engineering facility. I really well, I hope they do, because I think this could be a very nice um, upgrade for an awful lot of people listening to this podcast. Yeah, so I think that's actually the important point. Just give my my own slant on that. I think uh, the things where we've raised the big concerns, and a lot of that is around the sort of performance and integration of the hardware, can absolutely be fixed. And it'll be really interesting to see where this first up, uh, firmware upgrade brings us to. I'm kind of confident that some of that will get fixed. I'm not perhaps super confident that it will get to the level of kind of integration we've seen with some of the Microsoft and uh, going further back, the Nokia devices. And partly that is about the engineering effort and resources that are uh, available. Um, but I think some of that will be offset by kind of this extra uh, power that's under the hood. It'll be really interesting to see how this works out uh, because obviously this is something of a, an early runner for Windows 10 Mobile in this new hardware family with the uh, Snapdragon 820 and the uh, extra RAM. And so, you know, kind of we're really intrigued to to see where this goes. Uh, But, you know, pointing back to your original conclusion was it's, you know, you wouldn't buy this yet. But it does sound like you can see the potential of of when you might actually want to buy this. And, you know, 
I think it's also worth saying that many of the things are most attractive about the Elite X3 we've not really been able to touch on in this kind of early look. And that's, uh, you know, things like the laptop, but also the pogo pins, which means expansion in the future. Uh, some of the software things as well in terms of being able to run x86 applications via essentially a, a, a virtual machine or a, a remote remote viewer. We will touch on that in future. So actually, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, Steve, was for for the audience listening to this, you know, what comes next in terms of our coverage of the X3? I mean, I'm assuming there may be a few little tidbits to come, but then, you know, you talked about re-reviewing it once the you know, software and the firmware comes available. It's probably worth emphasizing that this is a look at the very early uh, kind of retail hardware and we're actually expecting to get kind of a review device probably running the anniversary update subsequently to this. And that's when we'll be sort of doing the, you know, some, some more coverage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, whether I'll re-review it initially without the lapdoc and without necessarily a few more iterations under its belt, I don't know. I'll certainly be covering what I've got and when I've got it and any changes that, that our readers might want to know about. Um, yeah, this is a, a full retail unit, but I, to put it into perspective, very, very, very few people across the world are getting this. This is not like an iPhone launch where um, Apple released something and on day one, it sells a million units. This, this this became available for sale across the world over the last couple of days. And I would bet that less, less than 20 people in the entire world have bought one. This is a, a tiny, tiny number of hardcore enthusiasts and probably reviewers, people like me, um, who are begging, borrowing it, stealing it. Uh, buying it just to review it and that's that's kind of artificial it's it's artificial in, in terms of what where hp are aiming this uh and it's it's just artificial all around so i will certainly be keeping people posted don't expect anything really major from this until later in the year the 950 and 950xl to be fair they're now what nine months old something like that um and they were pretty awful for their in terms of stability and bugs and lag for their first few months i really don't think it's fair to judge the x3 especially given its its positioning um it's certainly in the first week of availability now we have to give it a bit of time we gave the 950xl and 950 all that time and we, we've now been proclaiming on the podcast that the 950 range at the current prices and with the current stability and the current updates are actually darn good value for money so things do change rafe and uh we watch this space yeah that, that's a good point and uh, indeed you know i think we'd still say if you're looking to buy one today we would recommend the, the 950 and the 950 xl but there's enough promise in the elite x3 that we definitely will be keeping an eye on it and i suspect that's part of the reason there's been such intense interest i mean not just because you know relatively high specification actually this is the sort of first new windows 10 mobile device that we've seen come onto the market in in a while and actually in, in such an intriguing package so i'm sure we're going to be talking about it more in future podcasts but hopefully we've been able to give you kind of uh you know the early verdict as uh steve had in the the article but we've gone to a little bit more detail in the podcast um and you know, it, it, it still remains a very intriguing device for me. And, uh, you know, I really enjoy hearing about it from you, Steve. Um, any more last thoughts or anecdotes to share on the Elite X3 before we, I'm sure, we'll end up talking about it in future podcasts? But, you know, what's the big takeaway or what you'd like the you know, listeners to, to sort of share when they say, oh, I've been listening to Steve talk about the Elite X3? Well, I, I'd think of it as a, a as the BBB, the big black brute, uh, <laughs> which it kind of sums it up really. It's it is a brute. It's unrefined. 
it could needs refining but it's big it's black it's brute black it's brutish it's tough it's powerful and uh, as with anything of all those qualities that takes some taming i don't think it's been tamed yet by hp but to watch this space we must move on riff we have a few other stories i wanted to mention before okay. we clock off um the now p- applications with the word perfect the title uh it's rather a, a immodest title but it's a it's the, the trademark for a certain developer and we've covered a fair few of them on the site over the years and perfect Flickr is the latest you may remember that uh, the Flickr photo sharing and uploading and archiving site has been ever more ever harder to access because the various windows phone clients very stopped working for various reasons or got withdrawn we now have a full windows 10 universal windows platform a Flickr client called perfect Flickr, and that's Flickr with an e at the end just to uh to write the spelling <laughs> but it's it, it works pretty well and i was able to upload photographs add them to groups and so forth there are a few minor um details missing you can't rename photographs or add to the descriptions at least i, I couldn't see quite how to do it so uh, i'm sure the developers working on that as we speak until then it is a workable solution from any windows 10 mobile device you can now upload your photos at full resolution to Flickr, archive them share them add to the groups and that's the basics covered so uh, Nine out of ten so far. It will be ten out of ten when it's finally fixed up. But in the meantime, it's completely free. Go and go and grab Perfect Flickr. Yeah, and it, it, it's great because obviously I think a lot of people aren't going to change where they store their photos if they they've been using it for a long time. And I know some people have been using uh, Flickr for so over a decade or so, maybe not that long. I, I'm just trying to remember when I first established my account. Uh, and I still. Oh, a decade it. is right. A decade is oh, right. right. We were we were using this back in the all about Symbian days, weren't we? Yes, I, I certainly remember doing that then. And there were Shouzu and various other ways of uh, getting stuff up there. And you know, the point being, of course, that not everyone will want to have their photos going up to one drive. Or you know, I think a lot of people use things like Flickr for their curated photo stream, whereas sometimes yeah. OneDrive is just kind of the universal thing where everything gets backed up. So it's nice to see, and of course, nice to see it as a UWP app, and you actually included a screenshot right at the end. It's actually quite a nice way of just taking a quick look at what's on your uh, Flickr uh, account, and you know, having the consistency obviously across the. Uh, laptop desktop and, and phone is always going to be a good thing so yes it may be immodestly titled but very useful if you're regularly putting your photos up to Flickr. yeah absolutely um a couple of other small stories uh, also on the applications world office lens which i've been a big fan of and i know you have too rafe over the last two or three years uh, has now been rewritten it's now a full universal windows platform app and not only does it uh, available now for windows 10 mobile smartphones it's also available on hololens and laptops and tablets so uh, uh, hurrah for office lens rafe <laughs> yeah as i say this is one of the applications i use very regularly getting stuff off a, a whiteboard or a flip chart and being able to sort of not have to worry too much about how exactly you take the photograph you know it can deal with skews and things like that clean it up nicely so it's one of those essential tools and again great to have this available across all devices and it kind of also guarantees a bit of future proofing it's one of the things i would really miss if it if it disappeared and you know there are equivalents on other platforms scannable springs to mind on ios and android uh but you know there's an integration with the rest of office and the office 365 platform uh does make this very easy to use and you don't really have to think about it. you can get images straight into one node it goes up to one drive it works for images to pdf you can do the ocr into word and the powerpoint files so yeah it, it's one that uh, i will definitely be installing the latest version of this and kind of intrigued to try it out on, on hololens because of course that's a interesting mixed reality use case and actually i can i can certainly see uh, it making sense in that particular uh, context 
And I've got uh, one app that I want to talk about or share. And I know you've actually mentioned this on the site already, but this is uh, Instagram getting an update to support Instagram stories, this kind of ephemeral content, which I think if we were being polite, we'd say they've uh, faithfully copied from uh, Snapchat. <laughs> but nonetheless, it's you know becoming an interesting part of the Instagram experience, being able to see these kind of annotated photos and videos in, in sequence. Um, it used to be that you had to wait ages for some of the Instagram functionality to, to come across. And we certainly had a, I would say, a mixed history on uh, Windows 10 Mobile and Windows Phone with some of these kind of these social clients with things like uh, Twitter and obviously uh, Snapchat spring to mind. But Instagram, um, you mentioned it recently dropped the beta label. It's now got this uh, latest bit of functionality and not that far behind iOS and Android. So it's it's nice to see this arrive on the Windows platform. I, am I missing something here, Ray? What is the point in me, for example, I, I'm setting up a, a video of me drinking a pint of beer or a, um, photos of me playing with a dog or something and just, just putting a couple of smiley faces on and then uploading it, sharing it to Instagram um, for people to enjoy for years to come, except that they're going to go and delete it 24 hours later. I, given that I've just been saying about Flickr and about archiving my best photographs, my curated, my best images, my, my best media for people to enjoy for eternity, the concept of having everything zapped by instagram 24 hours later just seems anathema so i I think it's probably fair to say you're not in the target market for this (laughs) i suspect steve and i i do apologize if i'm wrong but you're not the world's biggest snapchat user but this kind of ephemeral content has has certainly come to the fore and i think people actually like creating stuff in the full knowledge that it isn't going to be archived permanently (laughs) somewhere and it sort of allows you to be a little bit more relaxed about what you're you're posting and kind of maybe inject a bit more humor personality into it. Because I think the thing that uh, about Instagram streams is, you know, you and I might not think too much about what we put up there, but some people are very careful with how they curate their Instagram photos and they'll only share the very best. And sometimes it needs to be a, a particular color to complete the sequence. And you know, I've seen some pretty creative uses of the blocks in uh, Instagram, you know, combining multiple photos together in, in one across, across things like that. And so um, I think it sort of takes away some of those constraints and, you know, certainly ephemeral content, you know, Snapchat were definitely the, the pioneers here, but this idea that you're, not permanently posting something actually I think is quite refreshing because you know we hear so much about how social media can kind of haunt you in the future and you know you look at your indiscretions from your youthful days which are documented in your Facebook albums or on those late night tweets that you may be posted when you had few too many to drink and so this idea that you can do things slightly more privately but it still be public enough that you can share with all your friends, but not worry about because it's going to be all gone in, in 24 hours, as you say, I think is actually a really interesting concept for content. And it's actually the, the way social is going in general. I mean, if you look at some of the stats, it does indicate that kind of publicly shared content on both Facebook and Twitter is kind of has declined recently and it's particularly with regard to Facebook and people are taking control and ownership of that content and wanting to do it either just to groups of friends or this this idea of ephemeral content. And so I, I think, Steve, as I say, I, I don't wish to upset you, but maybe not in the target market. I, I actually think this is a, a big thing, even if it does feel like, to me at least, a slightly artificial and clunky add-on to Instagram. And yeah, it was just a sort of a direct copy of what um, Snapchat had been doing. And um, I understand why they've done it. You know, it's, it's kind of good business, but part, part of me does feel it doesn't feel yet like a core part of the product. I don't think that kind of product development or management is, has been quite so 
crystal clear on Instagram as it has on something like Snapchat, which seems impenetrable. But when you look at some of the decisions that have been made, there's clearly some very clever thinking behind it. Yeah. So if I'm bunking off and I should be working and I'm downing a pint of beer, then I can share it to uh, Instagram stories uh, and in the knowledge that as you're away, say, on a business trip for a couple of days, that you, the boss, won't get see me bunking off because it'll all be gone by the time we get back. There you go. You've got it already, Steve. I'm going to feel the years fading away from me. I'm now 26 again. Oh, well, um, or no, 16. Let's go 16. I think it's a teenage market, isn't it? Right. Before we finish, just one mention that there is a brand new Insider preview build uh, hit the wires about an hour or two before we recorded this. Uh, this is for the fast ring Windows 10 Mobile Insiders. This is the Redstone 2 branch. Nothing really exciting has happened yet. They're still fiddling around with the one core, the, the core modules in the operating system. But to do go and update your Lumi 950, 950XL or compatible device. Um, I've got it on several here and it seems to be running quite smoothly but as ever no change log and nothing really seems to have been fixed from the redstone builds but do watch the space I'll keep reporting on future builds but it's nice to see that carrying on I think we'll wrap up there Rafe I know we're both tired and I know you're itching to get off uh, finishing your work this week in preparation (laughs) for a week off so I'll let you sign off yeah thank you Steve Uh, I do just want to give one mention to something we mentioned on the last podcast which was doing an all about Steve podcast a sort of the origin story as prompted by 361 podcast reading back through the comments from that uh, podcast it's clear people do want to hear a bit more about steve the early years and i promise we will do that uh, in a future podcast uh, next week we're going to have a guest in and i think we'll then be catching up with some news but i will put it on our to-do list as i think um, you know, there's a, a lot of fun to be had by hearing about the kind of some of the early influences from say right up until the present day i think I don't think I know any uh, journalist who's been writing about mobile with such uh, passion and dedication for as long as Steve has. So, you know, we'll we'll definitely get into that. It may even have to be over the course of a couple of uh, podcasts. We'll do the early years and then maybe the later years. Not that I'm implying uh, Steve is old or anything, but, you know, (laughs) he's probably given that away earlier in the podcast. But as ever, thanks for listening. We always value your feedback. So please send it in uh, and tune in next time to hear Steve and a special guest.